BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Pia Berengini, the creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you. Mean it. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. Today, I asked you all to send in your questions and see what to talk about. Thank you, by the way, for listening to my podcast with Stephanie last week, I think it was. It's incredible. So I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And it's very interesting to see what your, I think what I've taken from that is that you just like an independent woman and her story about how she met this man and what she went through to get to where she is today. So I've gone back to sort of finding out what you guys want to listen to. And today I'm going to talk to you about, well, the stages of marriage, really, because they're kind of universal. And I think, you know, they kind of shock people because did you know, well, I didn't know, I mean, I do know that the hardest stage of a marriage is the first year. And, you know, that was always, that was really interesting to me because even if you do live together, and I think if I'm looking back at me and Jem, well, Jem, and when I got married, I've got to remind myself, but it was all the way back, you know, how old was I in my twenties? I remember when I met him, obviously I lied all the way through about all the things I like to do because you're so busy trying to be someone else for somebody else to fit into the right, you know, mold for them, aren't you? Especially at that age, because you don't know who you are and you don't really know what you like to do. Because when you meet a guy, you think you like to do everything he likes to do. You know, how many girls have ended up on golf courses or watching football when we all hated it before because their husbands like it or boyfriends like it. We've all done it. So we can cook, we can't cook, throwing away the packets, all these kind of things. So I think when you get married, obviously life is a bit of a shock. Even if you've been living together, it's still really tricky to navigate just because you're learning 
so much. I mean, does marriage really make a difference? Well, I suppose in one way it makes you feel, you know, makes you feel relaxed, right? But you're on a come down from a wedding, which you've been planning for the last God knows how long. And then suddenly you've got to think about practical things. So before you're just sort of planning the pretty bits, you're in this sort of amazing love bubble and the parents are getting to know each other and, you know, everything's just very exciting. Planning a dress, getting a makeup artist, which girls are going to, you know, be bridesmaids and all this. And suddenly, you know, you've been working so hard up into the wedding. The morning after you wake up and it's all over, now comes the hard bit. Now you live together. Now you have to look at each other's finances, you know, working around two careers, you know, which engagements you're going to go to or which families you're going to go to or, you know, and you just begin to see the realities of married life, which I think we've kind of dressed up until that moment, you know, and also you're, you're, you're a young adult now and sort of understanding that, you know, you have to share something, everything with somebody else. And that, you know, we're all used to hiding, being independent or just thinking about ourselves and like all of this. And now you have to think about someone else. And if they say no, it's really no. You can't do things. And, you know, also, I think when a woman starts marriage, we want perfection, right? We want to do everything really right for them. And I remember, you know, like trying to make my first home beautiful and then cooking for him and doing all the things that, you know, and this is on top of my normal job, right? So like I'd come home from work and I had a, I had a very stressful job. I was building my career. So I think I had like what, however many people working for me. And, you know, I'm trying to think back actually before I had the office, when I first met Jem, I suppose I was working from home, but I had a lot of people there, I had boxes everywhere. I was building my business. So it's very hard to give the attention that you need to give to a new relationship at that time. And, you know, I wanted to be this Stepford wife that clearly everyone knows that I'm not now, which hadn't, I hadn't even admitted to myself. I truly thought I was that person. I literally had those friends. I, we were all starting out together. You know, all my friends were married or getting married. It was that age, you know, everyone's showing each other's that, you know, what size ring we all had. And then as you say, you know, it's all over. And then suddenly, you know, you're left with the person. The first year you are kind of like, after you've got through that bit, it, I look, they say it's the hardest. Did I really find it the hardest? I don't think I did. If you read on the internet, it says the first year is the hardest. And I think it's the hardest if you didn't have some of these conversations, right? I suppose maybe I found it not so hard because I didn't ask about money because I sort of was doing my own thing and I didn't want to have that kind of marriage. I, I guess, you know, I wasn't worried about the traditional marriage. So maybe I didn't find it. I was kind of in this like whirlwind because I was out in an office, so I had things to do. So I wasn't, wasn't like the wedding was over and then I was like, ugh nothing to do now. I had so much to do because I was in the middle of a big raise of my money and like getting investors in and building my offices. And like, I wanted to be a powerhouse. So I think that I was just, you know, I was just on my own sort of thing, you know, path. So I think that, you know, where everybody else sort of comes down, I didn't get that yet, but that came later. It does come. I found my marriage hard, not till I think seven or eight years in. The beginning was just amazing. I think it's like loads of sex. It's like running around and showing everyone the ring. It's like moving house. I felt it was a whirlwind. And then of course you're planning babies. I mean, I do believe that all marriages and, you know, relationships need the steps, right? You need the steps so that you don't 
get bored so that you don't look at the person and go, now what? And I suppose I really rushed those steps quite fast. I wanted to decorate our home. I think at this point, we both had apartments. We wanted to pool our money together and get, you know, a much nicer house, which we did. And I was very excited about our new, you know, townhouse in Chelsea. And I loved it. And, you know, everything needed to be perfect. And actually, it doesn't need to be perfect. And a house doesn't need to be, you know, everything done at once. And actually, as a couple, it is quite fun. The hustle is fun and the the journey is fun. And I think we forget that. I think we're so, I think at this age and when you start a marriage, we're so concerned about other people and what everyone else is doing in their relationship, you know, that we don't think about what we want we think about what it will look like to the outside world. And I think on my second marriage, that's what's so amazing, right? I'm not worried about that anymore. So I think the first year does have this connotation of now what, right? Unless that you're already sort of super busy and you have your own thing going on, which is what I think is really important. But the good news is, girls, even if you have this whole like shit. The reality is I'm married now and, you know, I have to conform and, you know, I have to tell him everything I'm going to do. And we have to like look at the bills together and, you know, we have to manage each other's moods and whatever it is. This does go away. You know, you do learn to get into a rhythm. And I think it's very important to understand that like, you know, when you're, when you're two independent people, it, it, it is hard to merge any life, any life today And I think that that's very important and very normal. And if you have a rough patch, getting through it is, you know, part of the process. And so, you know, I always think you have passion, you have realization, you have rebellion, you have cooperation, you have reunion, you have explosion, you have, you know, completion. You have so many stages in marriage. So obviously you start up with a great amount of passion you know, or romantic love as it was, you know, like anything, couples do it all the bloody time. You know, I mean, I'm guilty of it probably with Sergio, you know, he's always going, God, we had sex three times or five times this week or three times today. You know, obviously I know that that's not going to be with my friends have been married 20 years, obviously. And there's something that we as adults need to do, which is like, tell the, tell other people how much we're doing it. It's hilarious. I'm not really sure for what, because, you know, now I do know no matter what, or who you're talking to, don't judge your marriage on someone else's romantic love life. Depending on the stage that will go, it will come back, it goes again. You know, when you're having babies, God forbid someone used to touch me. Absolutely fucking nut. The beginning, amazing. After babies, you know, then you sort of get your body back again and then you're off again, like to the races. Then you don't want to be touched for a couple of, you know, for however long it is. You go for a sexy weekend to, a, you know, get drunk in the Maldives and suddenly you're hanging from the rooftops again. So, you know, romantic love will always be in stages just because your girlfriend is doing it three times a day and telling you about it doesn't mean to say her marriage is better than your marriage and your marriage is over. That is bollocks. Okay. So get that out of your head. And I think it's very, very important to know that, you know, I think there are the other stages are sort of, well, you've been through the hard stage and you can get to a bit of like later after the passionate love, you can become disillusioned because again, you, you have people in your life where it looks like the reality and what it takes to make a family happy 
is it's just it's a, it's very hard to do and it's a lot of pressure right you have balancing school work finances children extracurricular activities finances dentists doctors and you need to find time for each other these kind of things like take so much managing as i always say you know being married is like a job and actually my my divorce with my ex-husband is actually probably for me really really good because I know how to handle this. Like as business partners, as parents, when I call him my business partner, I find it really easy to do this stuff because now I know that the job for him is keeping me and the kids balanced and not happy because that's not his job to keep me happy, but his job is to is his children and my job is the children with him. The rest I do, the emotional stuff I do with Sergio. So you know, Gemini are really good at looking at things in a very, very sort of, I don't know, pragmatic, rounded way, which is, you know, I these are the costs. This is what we're going to split it on. Here, well, we've just done Christmas together. Here are the here are the gifts. Now, you know, we 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 know how we're going to split that. He spent Christmas. He was here at my house at five thirty in the morning to do the Christmas gifts with the kids. And he goes home. Then I do lunch. Then, like, we have got it balanced. I know where it is now. Like, I know that I do all the school stuff. I know do I do all the booking stuff. Like, it it's just a good business relationship. He knows what he has to pay for, what he doesn't. He keeps the kids. He's a good father like that. And you know that we have one week, one week. It's just a working relationship. It's a working relationship that works. We never, ever, ever, and I think this is a good thing for divorced couples. And this isn't in the stage for the marriage, right? The good thing is that we never discuss emotions anymore because we're divorced. Now, if I look back at my marriage with Jem, when the disillusionment came was I think all the pressure was on him, right? Here's the bills. Here are all the bills. I mean, funnily enough, now we're divorced. I'll split them with him, not the schools and finance, you know, stuff like that, but you know, activities and, you know, presents and stuff like that. I'm happy to do, or if they want to fly, we, you know, I'll share some of the cost with him, but like, you know, now we have a much better relationship. I think when you're married and sort of, I just remember resentment and I'm trying to know what remind myself when in my relationship I think it all started after my twins and I I hadn't if I'm brutally honest I didn't really want to have lots of babies but you know he did and I think you know I could have said no and I didn't and I ended up having two by mistake anyway because of you know IVF I of course I would never change the boys now ever but it wasn't my plan. And if anyone knows twins and a young child all at once, it's just, it's so much responsibility. And I wasn't free. I had 60 something, 70 something employees, you know? So I think the stress of trying to balance that and then knowing that he just got to go to work, right? He got to go to work and just come home. And then obviously he had to pay for it all, but I'd organized it all. So I would have you know, organized what their dinners were, their after school activities, their, you know, back and forth, the pickup, the play dates, the nannies, the dent, just everything. And although he had to put the money down, you do feel like, why am I doing all this? I do what you do, plus I have to do this on top. So I think it's very normal. Again, nowadays you have a chance, big, big chance to do something we didn't. I think marriages are much more equal. If you're both working, I suggest that you set it out in the beginning what each person does. So I know other people that, you know, 
don't take on work and marriages, you know, don't let the one person do it. So they'll say, okay, the husband comes home and he'll do the cooking. Or, you know, they they know that one week the husband is working and he's traveling, so the other one stays home and you split the duties. And I think that that is really, really important. And it's important to nurture your friendship. And I think that that's what I forgot to do, if I'm really honest. I treated it like I, I became so stressed with work and the kids and everything else that I only barked at him like a, you know, a boss or like, you know, get this done or like the friendship just was the thing that I think we let go both sides because we were so busy just doing, I think we forgot to communicate on any level in the right way with each other. Again, this will always occur when you throw children, finances, work into the mix. You know, if I look at my relationship now with Sergio, we haven't gone through this stage. We're still in the, well, I mean, first of all, we've been together four years. So three years, I think it is now, actually, sorry. We're still in that honeymoon phase of like loads of sex and loads of fun. And there's nothing to disturb that because we get the one-on-one and the giggle and the friendship. You know, obviously Sergio wants a baby now, right? He desperately wants a baby. I mean, he's just been in Spain sending me pictures of babies. And like, I do, I get the absolute fear like, because I think about two different scenarios. One is that, you know, in five, 10 or 10 years, Sergio's left me and he could have, a, he could have a baby with a much younger woman and I won't be left holding a baby. Or if we have a baby, maybe, you know, maybe it is amazing. And at this time around, I'll be much, it would be much easier because we're only going to have one and maybe it won't impact my relationship with him because right now our relationship is so good. And if I think back that, you know, it's so complicated raising a child today. It's so hard to do if you're as busy as we are that do I want to. But then on the other hand, you know, again, a little Sergio's be amazing. So there is so much to sort of think about when you go into this. And I know that, you know, the disillusionment with all of my friends came after babies. And that's not to say no one wanted or loves their children more than they do. Everybody loves their children. I mean, it's the best gift you can ever give yourself. But, you know, how many children do you need? When do you need them? And how do you keep your relationship tight? Hold on to your relationship. Don't give up everything for your children. Your children don't need you to be a martyr for them. Then there's stage three, because obviously after the disillusionment and everything else, if you haven't grabbed it back, and it's, it is hard, a lot of people begin to think of divorce. And I think we all think about divorce at some, some stage. I think anyone that says they've never thought about getting divorced is a liar. Over 40% of people actually do get divorced. Actually, they say, weirdly, I told, I think I said this on another podcast, 60% of second marriages, so it really upset me. But then I got that too, because it, you know, if you've done it once, you know it's not that hard. So 40% do decide to get divorced. The rest decide to sort of adjust their marriage. And, you know, they understand that marriage takes work. So they're, you know, looking at how to work on their marriage, how to work on their friendship, how to work on a re, re sort of gaining their relationship and sort of adjusting the realities of a long term marriage with being content. And that's it, ladies. It really is that simple because it's like, obviously, you need to know that passion and sex and fun and friendship will wane in any relationship over 20 years, I would say, any. 
I mean, obviously, there's going to be the odd person that's screaming at the microphone right now, the sorry, the speaker right now, going, "Yeah, I have the best relationship. We're 25 years in." I mean, there are a few, and there are, you know, you're amazing, and I, you know, I commend all of you out there that that has happened. I also have seen couples who've, you know, gone off, divorced, and got back together and had an amazing relationship because they've realized too. And there are many ways of looking at this. If you decide to make your marriage work, it has to be with positivity, not with I've settled. This is, I can't get out of it. So this is what I'm going to do. Or I'm not going to leave because of my children. These are all the worst reasons. These reasons will never fix themselves. They're never going to go away. You're always going to resent them. When your kids get old and they've gone, you're just left looking at him. You're going to go, shit, I, you know, I would have left, but I didn't. I don't have anything in common with him anymore. We've got no friendship. If these are the reasons, then I suggest all of you run because those things will not change. If, however, you're saying, no, 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 I do have that twinkle and I have a butterfly. And if you know, like if I don't know, if you get back into bed and you get this, this, you know, spark again, then I, I believe that anything can be fixed. Anything, you know, if you can get that like inkling of like seeing the person you loved or seeing the new person, the funny thing is, you know, it's amazing. A lot of people get divorced and the men that they divorce turn into the man they always wish they could be. You know, if I look at my ex-husband now, he's so fun. Like he's living his best life. I mean, he's DJing, he's partying, he's on boats. He's like traveling the world. Like, I mean, he's carefree, but he would never, you know, I might, might, I mean, literally he came over this weekend. I kid you not. My makeup artist was, she couldn't speak. She was blushing the whole time. She's going to kill me for this. Blushing the whole bloody time. It was ridiculous. She did everything except let her knickers fall off in front of me. And they may have. And there were probably three or four people that came up to me at my Christmas party going, holy shit, he's gorgeous. And he is. And he's lovely. And I always go, you know, but for me, I will never have that man. Like, I will never see the man that they see now. Like, whatever girl gets him now will be very lucky. Because he's going to be all the things that probably he couldn't be or wouldn't be for me because they're not the mother of his children, right? So they're going to get a completely different human. If I took him back today, he'd still be as grumpy as fuck with me, you know, not because of anything else. And I'd be just as grumpy as with him, not because of anything, but because we have day-to-day lives that we have to run between each other that annoy, you know, our kids are badly behaved and then we scream at each other. If the boys forget something at the house or they do something wrong, it's, you know, always my fault, isn't it? So I know and I'm very content that that ship has sailed for me. You know, I know I'm in the right place and that's a very comforting place to be because a lot of women don't get that chance. A lot of women don't know they're in the right place. And I, you know, actually see that with friends of mine in like who've married for money or married for, you know, not the right reasons or stayed for not the right reasons. And let me tell you, you could be in the richest place on the planet. And I remember very well once, you know, just sitting in Thailand in one of the best hotels in the world feeling miserable. It's nothing more lonely than the holidays, Christmas, or, you know, traveling with someone that you don't feel at ease with, or he's not your friend. You know, I think I, I felt that last when I was in, where was I? I'd gone on a family holiday in, in Istanbul. And I just remember I was in a beautiful hotel, me and the kids and my ex, and we just didn't speak. I ended up on a hol- on at dinner with me and Aaron we just went, the two of us, Darren wasn't feeling very well and the, the others all went out. And so I just went out and had a lovely dinner, just him and I. 
And we just had such a lovely chit chatty time. And I was thinking if I'd been out with him and the others, it would have been such a shit show. And actually I was getting to know Aaron on his own. And it was so peaceful. I was like, this is kind of nice. And then the, the fear left me. And I think when the fear leaves, you know, you're doing the right thing. And that's what I would say, girls. Money and all of these reasons that we give each other to stay and children, children aren't stupid. Children don't want you to stay in something that's miserable for you. Because at the end of the day, it's a short-term fix. There's nothing worse. You know, a classic example of this is someone like Princess Diana who walked around, you know, completely looking forlorn the whole time. I mean, we all saw it. Everyone looked through that screen and saw it. No one wished that for her. And no one wishes that for anyone. It doesn't matter who the other person is. He could have been a wonderful man. If you're not happy, you're not happy. No one's going to tell you you can be happy. And I think that that's the most important thing. You've got to do what's right for you because you'll be more successful. You'll be more better mom. You'll be a better lover. And now I'm happy because I have the best of everyone, the best of my children, because when I see them, I'm happy to see them and I don't resent them for me having to like be in a place I don't want to be, you know, I don't resent, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do anymore. And I, you know, those are the rules I gave myself. So I think that stage of sort of getting to know yourself at the end of your marriage or to just understanding whether you want to get divorced, making that choice. How do you make that choice? Well, let me think. So I'm, you make that choice because actually you choose you. And I would say, ladies, it's always best to choose yourself. So if you make the decision to stay and to get help and to go to therapy and you decide that the marriage is worth staying, then you've got to go into it wholeheartedly. You know, if you've, you, you can't look back and say you did this or you did that. You can't wonder what if you can't live in this regret phase. This is it. Like you did it, you made the decision. Now you decide. Because the back and forth is what ruins his life and your life. And yes, it's hard because you don't want to break the person's heart of the one that you've been with for so many years. But by lying to him and staying somewhere you're not happy or you don't feel content is worse because you're not fulfilling him. I'm sure he must feel it. People feel it. People know. So I would say, you know, trying to analyze where you are in life, you know, and whether you can improve and get your friendship back is the most important thing you can do. You will always wonder if, you know, this is the best option for you or if, you know, you should stay in a marriage because, I mean, personally, I'm not really sure that we were made to have one partner for the rest of our lives. But that, again, is my personal opinion. And I'm sure I will set a lot of, lot of, I know marriage isn't easy. I really do. I understand that. But I do, I feel that it's realistic to choose a person to love for the whole of your life and never want anything else and expect that person to be your business partner, the father of your children, your best friend, your lover, your, you know, confidant. No, I don't. You know, I do believe that history does count for a lot and that, you know, growing up with someone and knowing who they are and, you know, weathering storms with someone is important. Like, I don't think, you know, if someone gets sick tomorrow and, you know, obviously you, you didn't 
think when you went into the marriage, you're going to be a caretaker. And I think, and that just because those kind of things happen and that, you know, you can't be that shallow that you have to run. But again, if you can't do it with the person and you're doing it through gritted teeth, you may as well not be there either. So you need to sort of, all of this is about you. You need to understand who you are, what you're capable of, whether you can get the old day feelings back again for that person. You know, if you can look back and remember what you fell in love with and why. And I think that sometimes after a while, you need to understand too, that it's not always about finding new and better because it's not always better. Sometimes it's better the devil, you know, but it is important to know that nothing lasts forever. None of these stages last forever. And that if you want to get through it, you can get through it. The older we get, the more wise and mature we become. And, you know, I think the older we get, the easier it is just to accept a person the way they are and not try to change them. And I think acceptance is the key to a long marriage. I think acceptance is the key to a happy life and accepting and where you are in life and accepting that this, you know, it's your choice. And you, if you didn't change it, then you need to make the most of it that the other person can't be punished for the rest of life because you didn't make a decision, you know, that you thought you should have. I, th I think these are key things that every single person will go through, you know, and we all have those couples that we look at and we think they're perfect and they never struggle and they've never done anything, but you can't say that everybody struggles, everybody, every single person struggles with something and you need to know that. And know that, you know, if they're not struggling this year, maybe they're struggling next year. But that's not to wish it upon them. I don't look at other people and go, well, you know, I got divorced now. You know, I want to see my old friends get divorced. I do not. But I also accept the decisions I made. Do I think sometimes I could have done things differently? A hundred percent. Do I wonder what if I'd done things differently? A hundred percent. Do I feel like I behave the right way always in my life? God, no. Do I feel guilt? No. I don't believe in any of these things. I believe that all of these stages, all of these bad feelings, all of these things that we do, everyone has gone through. So all of you sitting in your ivory glass towers right now, feeling smug, you know, I don't think you should because it happens to us all. You're just at different stages of your life, which is the exciting thing about life. It swings and roundabouts. These things were sent to strengthen us, test us, and strengthen our marriages and resolve us to make things better for ourselves or our spouses. You either do or you don't. But the one number one thing I can tell you, and the most important thing I found in my marriage today, more than sex, more than money, more than anything, is laughing. Laughing. Sergio can make me, I can be having the worst day ever, and he can make me literally belly laugh. And that for me is priceless priceless. So, you know, as I said, we're at the beginning of our marriage now. I've seen the stages I went through with Jem. I know the stages in my last marriage that I went through. I can see them very clearly now. They, they really started at about seven years, I think. I think everything was blissful until about seven years in. And I know now what to do or how to do it. And I think I'm a much more chilled person. I am a perfectionist, but I expect less. And, you know, I hope this helps in some way. I, 
I want everybody to understand that all of these feelings are, they feel irrational or, you know, you feel guilt thinking them, but I really believe everyone needs to feel them and go through them to ride them. Because unless you ride them, you'll never get over them. And I think that's a good place to end this podcast. But honestly, the stages are universal. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 